Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Welcome again to Royal Banquet this week. I trust uh, they went well and um, hope you are ready for God's word. We are going to continue uh, from where we stopped last week. Last week we started the series on faith and we were able to look at the principles and the concept of faith. For as many of us that just joined this group uh, and um, you were not part of last week's uh, teaching, you can request for it. Just um, let me know so that I can forward it to you. Just uh, send a message to the admin and you get the first part of this teaching. Okay, this week we are going to be looking at the pillars and products of faith. The pillars and the products of faith. Now, our objective is to understand what makes faith stand and what benefits we can gain or we stand to gain. What makes faith stand and what benefits we stand to gain. <clears throat> All right. Um, our text still remains Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Okay, so um, like, like we know that um, virtually everything functional on the head has something holding it, even your body. The body, your body, there's something holding it straight to be able to stand. That's what uh, we learned in integrated science and biology, skeleton and your muscle structure. Okay, so skeletons are a, a, a bony structure that keeps a man or helps a man to be able to stand. And even the buildings where we stay in has pillars holding it. If the pillars were not to be there, we would not be staying in the apartment we are staying. Now, because without the pillar, it cannot stand. And the same things are applicable to faith. Faith will not work except those pillars are in place. And that's why we are going to be looking at um, the pillars. For today, I'm going to divide it into two. And we are going to take the second part next week. We have about six different pillars of faith. But for this week, we are going to be taking three out of those six. Okay. And um, like we know, that the Bible makes it clear that faith is substantial, faith is tangible, and faith is visible. Faith is visible. Let me say that again. Faith is visible. Faith can be seen. Eh? You can see faith. Faith is not mystical. It is practical. It can be seen. Okay. I'm sure that someone is hearing that for the first time. Okay. Let me show you from the scriptures. Mark chapter 2 verse 5. The Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus saw faith. <laughs> you can imagine, when Jesus saw their faith, faith can be seen by the demonstration. Okay, there, were, there are things you will do that will show that you have faith. And that's why we said last week that faith is a responsibility because there's something you need to respond to. Okay, until you re respond to it, it cannot deliver. So, the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, in Luke chapter 5, verse 20, and when he saw their faith, so faith can be seen. 
faith is visible any faith that is not visible by its corresponding action is not real okay so i'm needful to know that before a house can stand there are pillars there are beams that makes it a structure okay let's go straight to those pillars the pillars of faith and we trust god that god is going to help us tonight okay uh, the first pillar very important the first pillar is insight or revelation in the world the insight it's it, the first pillar is insight insight or revelation in the world the truth is faith begins with the world there could be mental ascents and positive thinking but they are not equal to faith if it is not founded on the word revelation okay and Romans chapter 10 verse 8 and 17 says but what saith it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we preach so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God so the word of God is a raw material for faith faith lives and thrives by insight but dies by eyesight Faith lives and tries by insight, but dies by eyesight. Now, if you look at the things happening around, around us in the world today, they are enough to kill our faith. But when your faith takes its strength or draws its strength from the word, insight you got from the word of God, it, 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 it makes it alive and it makes it thrive. Okay, so faith lives and thrives by insight, but dies by eyesight. Now, take for example, um, someone who says, I cannot fall sick, and they ask him, why, why can't you fall sick? He said, because I've never fallen sick. Okay, and another person was asked the same question. He said, because I understand from the scripture that good health is my heritage. So the two of them, when the devil comes confronting them, the one who has the word, has the capacity is equipped with the capacity to stand the fate of such a one will win the devil why because it is word based okay it is word based someone says no wicked person or an occult man can attack me they said why said because um, because of the family I, I came from in our family uh, we we nobody can attack us and someone else was was asked the same thing and the person who has discovered god's word for his life says because i understand from the scripture that if the way of a man pleases god he will make his enemy to be at peace with him okay so there's difference in the result of the two of them why because one has the insight or draws his insight from the word of god why the other is just uh, 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 operating based on experience, so to speak. Okay, so and result producing faith is ruggedly rooted in the world. Result producing faith is ruggedly rooted in the world. Now, I'd like you to know these three things a wordless faith is a baseless faith. A wordless faith is a baseless faith. The word of God is the basis for Bible faith. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11 and 12 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. 
Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will see my word to perform it. God only watches over his word to perform. And number two, a wordless faith is a useless faith. The word of God makes faith useful. The word of God makes faith useful. A wordless faith is a useless faith. Why? Because the word of God makes faith useful. God's faithfulness and commitment towards his word. Okay? God's faithfulness and commitment is towards his word. It's towards his word. And Psalm chapter 89 from verse 33 to 35 says, Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the things that is gone out of my mouth. So, the word of God makes faith useful. And God's faithfulness and commitment it's towards his word. Number three, a wordless faith is a lifeless faith. A wordless faith is a lifeless faith. Why do I say that? Because the word of God is life. John chapter 6 verse 63 says, It is the spirit that quickened the flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Okay? And how, what, what makes God's word real to us? What makes God's word just like someone promises you that he's going to do something for you and you believe the person? What makes such person's word real to you and bringing it back to God's, God's um, uh, uh, word? What makes God's word real to us? Number one is the previous result and accomplishment. What God has done before, uh, those mighty things he has done before, fuels your confidence in his word. And number two is the capacity and the status of God, God's status. And his capacity what he can do okay and number three is he god can be trusted okay so because god can be trusted that makes his word real to us and number four is god is not a liar god cannot lie the bible says god is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent as he spoken will he not do it as he said it will he not make it good so because god is not a liar that fuels um, our confidence in his word it makes his word real to us and number five is your view of god how do you view god when you see god you know your, your view of god determines how with the confidence you have in him your view of god determines the confidence you have in him and in his word all right so how do you gain word revelation how do you gain word revelation how do i gain revelation from god's word Okay, number one is identify the word of God or the promises of God to you per situation of life. Identify, identify the word of God or the promises of God to you per situation of your life. For example, your finance, protection, health, and so on. Now, Isaiah chapter 34 verse 16 says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read no one of these shall fail none shall want <coughs> are made for my mouth it has commanded and his spirit it has gathered them john chapter 5 verse 39 to 40 says search the scriptures okay so you need to search the scriptures for you to be able to identify that word and that promise that pertains to the situation of your life and number two is meditate the first one is identify and number two is <clears throat> meditate meditate on the discovered scripture until conviction is established 
you need to meditate on that scripture you discovered until conviction is established. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate during day and night, that thou mayest observe to do. You cannot do until you meditate. Okay? Now, you need to hear this. Performance of your faith is tied to conviction. Performance of your faith is tied to conviction. And conviction is a product of deep meditation. Performance of your faith is tied to conviction. And conviction is a product of deep meditation. Okay, so we have seen that you need to identify the word of God that pertains to your life situation. Number two is meditate on that discovered scripture. Then number three is embark on appropriate action to demonstrate your faith. Embark on appropriate actions to demonstrate your faith. James chapter 2 verse 17 says, Even so faith, if it at not works, is dead, being alone. And that's why you need to speak right. Speak right. Speak right. What's like I'm too connected to be wasted. So you are, you are in a situation and, and, and they're about to, to waste people. You confess what you have believed according to the scripture. I am too connected to be wasted. Now note this. Your faith is not confirmed until you act accordingly to show that you believe God. Your faith is not confirmed until you act accordingly to show that you believe God. Okay, so let's move to the second pillar. The second pillar. The second pillar is belief. We said the first pillar is what? The first pillar is insight or revelation in the world. Then the second pillar is belief. Believe in God and in his word. Believe in God and in his word. Uh, belief is a, is a central pillar of faith. Just, just like you have a, a pillar at the middle holding holding a greater percentage. So, And the same thing is what belief does. Belief is a central pillar of faith. Uh, prayer is abundant, but belief is scarce. Now, thank God for this season, this month we are in. Several churches are organizing prayers and all that because we are about moving into the second half of the year. But can I shock you that so many people are just praying. So, ma- so many people are praying but they do not believe the prayer they are praying and that's the tragedy so what's the essence of praying you are just praying and you don't believe in your prayer so we have prayer in abundance <laughs> plentifully in abundance but belief is scarce no what what is belief belief simply means conviction beyond confusion conviction beyond confusion belief also means persuasion beyond dissuasion persuasion beyond dissuasion it, it, it is it is uh, being convinced you are you are just too convinced beyond any reasonable doubt okay so uh, that's what belief is and if our prayers is going to bring result then we must have belief we must believe in what we are saying until you believe it you can't have it now i want you to know these three things the word of God is profitless until it is believed. The word of God does not have any profit to any man until it is believed. Number two is God is never pleased or moved into action until both he and his word are believed. 
God is never pleased or moved into action until both he and his word are believed. So when you believe God and you believe in his word, you naturally move God into action. And thirdly, appropriate results producing actions are never taken with conviction until belief is in place. Appropriate result producing actions are never taken with conviction until belief is in place. Now take for example, um, uh, maybe you tell someone, uh, maybe someone you are discipling, I say you, you tell, tell the person to be confessing God's work concerning his health and, and the person responds by saying, please leave me alone, no. just leave me alone. Don't let me offend the devil. <laughs> Leave me alone. Don't let me offend the devil. The reason is because the person is not convinced. He is unable to do that because belief is not in place. Conviction is not in place. He is not fully persuaded within his spirit that his confession is going to yield results for him. Now, I would like you to take note of this and don't forget this. Let it ring, be ringing in your heart every day that we are, we are over careful in our declaration of the revelation of God's word because we under believe the revelation of God's promises to us. We are over careful in our declaration of the revelation of God's word because we under believe the revelation of God's word to us. Okay? Uh, and if we are going to get any result at all, we must believe ultimately believe ultimately god's word to us and once you believe you don't need advice to advance in profitable faith-based actions once you believe you don't need advice to advance in profitable faith-based action okay so what do you need to boost your belief what do you need to boost your belief what are the boosters of your belief Number one is identify scripture that addresses your area of need and meditate on them until strong belief and conviction is developed. Identify scriptures that address your area of need and meditate on them until strong belief and conviction is developed. Acts chapter 14 from verse 8 to 10 says, And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same head Paul speak, the same head Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him. Paul was looking at this man and could see that this man is, the Bible says, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Okay, so so the word became real to him. Okay, identify. You need to identify, identify, identify the scripture that address your area of need, and what you need to do is meditate on them, and by so doing, strong belief and conviction is developed. Is developed. Now, um, the second uh, way to boost your belief is persistence 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 so persist in actions until desired results are experienced persist in actions until desired results are experienced Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says that ye be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises 
who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, according to the Greek translation, the word patience in that verse of the scripture means macrotumia. Macrotumia. And macrotumia means persistence or constancy. Persistence or constancy. So you need to, to persist. If you don't persist, I said it last week that persistence wears out resistance. Persistence wears out resistance. So you need to persist. That's what shows that you really believe what you said you believe. Okay, so let's go to the third pillar. Pillar three. The third pillar is hope in God and in his word. Hope in God and in his word. Now we said the first pillar is insight or revelation in the word. And the second pillar is what? Believe in God and in his word. Then the third pillar that we are about to uh, discuss now is hope in God and in his word. Now you need to note that faith is substantial hope. It's substantial hope. Faith is substantial hope. Okay. Faith means hope that has substance. (laughs) So hope is the twin brother of faith. If you permit me to say that, because from the scripture we we see that most times anywhere you see faith, you see hope. Like in Romans chapter 5, verse 2, the Bible says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 23 also make made us to see that if you be continue if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope okay grounded in faith be not moved away from the hope now galatians chapter 5 verse 5 says for we through the spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith hear this faith and hope are like the egg the end broods over Faith and hope are like the egg the end broods over. The egg is the hope, and the determination to brood over is faith. The egg is the hope, the determination to brood over is faith, which produces the chickens as the expected result. Now, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, we discover that there is work of faith and there is patience of hope. There's work of faith and there's patience of hope. First Corinthians, I mean, First Thessalonians chapter one verse three says, "Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father." So there is the work of faith. The work of faith is the brooding over the egg by the hen. Okay, the patience of hope is to stay put until the expected result is manifested okay so um uh uh it is not possible to be hopeless and be faith-filled it is not possible to be hopeless and be faith-filled you are you are hopeful when you are hopeful then you can be faith-filled but when you are hopeless you cannot be faith-filled what is hope let's quickly see what hope is hope is unbending expectation of the fulfillment of god's unfailing promises hope is the unbending expectation of the fulfillment of god's unfailing promises unbending expectation that's that's the word unbending expectation of the fulfillment of god's 
unfailing promises. So irrespective of whatever happens, you are not bent in your expectation. Your expectation is constant, irrespective of situation and circumstance. Okay. Now, I would like you to note this. Hope in God connects man to the help of God. Hope in God connects man to the help of God. And that's why the Bible says there is hope. <laughs> there is hope for the tree that is caught. Why? Because as long as the, the hope is still alive, growth can still be actualized. So, hope in God connects man to the help of God. You, you cannot be hopeful and be helpless. You cannot be hopeful and be helpless. Now, what do you do to keep hope alive? What do you do to keep hope alive? Okay. Number one is continually fuel your hope expectation through the promises of the Word of God. The Word of God is so important to faith. Okay. Continually fuel your hope expectation through the promises of the Word of God. Psalms 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. In his word do I hope. Psalms 119 verse 49 verse 81 and verse 114. Psalm 119 verse 49 verse 81 and verse 114 says, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Verse 81 says, My soul fainted for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. And verse 114 of Psalm 119 says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield, I hope in thy word. Now, to be worded is to be hope filled, to be worded, to be full of word, God's word. To be worded is to be hope filled. But to be wordless is to be hopeless. <laughs> so when you see a man that is hopeless because of the situation of his life, is because he is wordless. But when you see a man that is hopeful and hope-filled, it's because that man has talked his spirit with much of God's word and he has conviction in the word that he has gotten. Uh, now, point number two to keep our hope alive is to remain connected to God's presence and person. Remain connected to God's presence and person for the, for the vitality of your hope. To, you must remain connected to God's presence and present for the vitality of your hope. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4 says, For to him that is joined to all the living there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. So your connection determines your collection. Your connection determines your collection. And that's why you must be connected to God's presence and His person so that your hope can always come alive by time. Okay, so the third thing you can do to keep your hope alive is to embark on practical faith actions. Embark on practical faith action. Embark on practical faith actions. And that's talking about the works of faith. You know, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, the other time we said there is the works of faith and there is the patience of hope. So this one is talking about the works of faith, things you need to do to show that you you really, you really hope in what you said you hoped uh, you, you you are believing God for. Now, take for example someone who is in need of the fruit of the womb 
what actions could such a person start doing one of the things a person can start doing is to start buying baby things <clears throat> okay start buying baby, baby things read books on managing pregnancy and how to raise children okay read books on how to manage pregnancy and how to raise children now take for example someone who is um, expecting god to sort him or her marital wise and all that such a person the actions you need to start doing to show that you are really hopeful that one day god is going to sort you is to start dressing well and decent start dress well and and decent like someone ready to be taken dress well and decent like someone ready to be married to okay go go for seminars on how to treat your your to be husband or wife don't 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 just don't just live your life and you don't just dress anyhow okay i told you about a lady last week that 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 is expecting someone to marry her but she's eating corn like grass cutter <laughs> so go for seminars on how to treat your 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 to be husband or wife. Start reading books on how to be the best husband or wife. Or and go for training on how to cook well for your husband. Some people cannot cook well. When they cook, salt to be much. Some the soup will just be somehow. You you need to go for training. That that shows that you are really ready uh, for what God is is about to do in your life. And take for example a student, maybe a student seeking admission to the tertiary institution, to show that you are hopeful that God will answer you soon. Go for university preparatory class to prepare and pass your jam and your UTME at once. Okay, ask friends and informed family members questions about the course you want to study. And once you begin to do that, it shows that you are really hopeful and expecting that God will sort you soon. Now, I'm going to end it here tonight so that we can continue with the other points by next week. So today we've been able to look at the pillars of faith and we've been able to look at three pillars. The first one is insight or revelation in the world. And we said faith begins with the world. We said faith lives and tries by insight but dies by eyesight. And number two pillar is believe in God and in his word. And we said believe means conviction without or beyond com- confusion. Believe means conviction beyond confusion. And we we, we said that one of the challenge we have with, with belief is that we are over careful in our declaration because we under believe the revelation of God's promises to us. And we said we need to get out of that. And number three pillar is hope in God and in his word. And we said hope is unbending expectation of the fulfillment of God's unfailing promises. So to keep hope alive, the inflow of God's word into our spirit must be maintained. So decide from today, I'm giving you this assignment, you must decide from today that you will be reading at least five chapters of the Bible every day. Why? Because we have seen it in practical terms that your faith cannot even work. My faith cannot work without God's word. A a wordless faith 
is a baseless faith. Go ahead tonight and appreciate God for his word to you. Thank him, thank him, thank him. And make a decision. Decide today that God's word will fill your heart. Break free from every form of laziness. Decree that every form of laziness that's taking you away from God's word is broken off your life and destiny today. Thank you, Father. It shall be well with you. See you next time. I'm Tunde Adepoju. God bless you. Thank you.